Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 54, Teapots and War. Of course, we only realised after we'd finished recording that my microphone had been slightly too close to my face throughout it. So if you're a fan of plosives, this is the episode for you. Enjoy the show. We will be back in two weeks. I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie Rosie and Jessica's Day Day of Fun. Hi Jessica, hello. Hi Rosie. We had a literal day of fun yesterday. We did. It was day and it was fun. We will come to that in a moment. But in the meantime, let's get caught up on what we've done since last we recorded. This is the most slick I have ever been in my life. Keep talking Rosie, don't let it go. Ah! Oh, oh no, no it's like just gone. a minute. <laughs> I was nearly hanging on to it. Well, as we trailed at the end of our last episode, it was upcoming to Easter Sunday lunch which we would see each other at. And we did see each other at that, because that did happen. That did happen. That was very enjoyable. Well done for cooking dinner. Thank you very much. For 13 people. Yes, 13 people. Can I ask you a question? Do you know if the superstition, when 13 people dine, the first to rise is the first to die, is real or is just from Harry Potter? I thought that was just Harry Potter. I thought it was real from Harry Potter. Like That's where I learnt it, but I assumed it was a real thing. And I now suspect... That is not the case, because I was telling everyone, like, hey, I've got 13 people coming to dinner, but I'm going to be kind and leave the table first. And everyone looked at me like, what? I think it's Harry Potter, but it does make the tweet you sent last week make more sense, because I'd forgotten that. And you just you made a reference to taking one for the team and standing up first. Is that just a is that a manners thing or? Yes, it's uh, Miss Manners. So we had our family over. I live in our grandparents' house. You know, in Friends, where they reference at the end how Ross lived in the apartment in the summer he was trying to make it as a dancer in New York? It's pretty much what I'm doing at the moment. (laughs) Our family came over and I cooked a frankly enormous tagine. Moroccan lamb stew. I'm Moroccan. Are you? But where are you from? Oh, Jessica, I've got a great great, uh, joke for you. Um, Have you? Yes. But I really need you to say the right thing. Okay. Uh, Jessica, do you know what it is those people chase down the hill in that like Gloucester tradition? A big thing of like fermented cheese? No, but it's the specific shape. It's like a round thing. It's like a phrase. What is that phrase? Like a wheel of cheese. We love cheese too, but what is it they chase? Oh dear. It was worth the very difficult, tenuous attempt to get you to say the phrase wheel of cheese. Wheel of cheese. We love cheese too. <clears throat> And I also made a Simnel cake and some Easter nests, but we'll talk about those in Needle and Fed. Everyone came over. I managed not to have a breakdown. Our mum and I cleaned out the dining room and we did manage to get everybody in it. And we did not have to remove the dollhouse or the rocking horse from the dining room to still fit everybody in. And I think they kind of added to the um, ambiance. Yeah, they were family tchotchkes. If a tchotchke can be large enough for an adult to sit on. Yes. The horse, not the house in this case. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was good. I have eaten neither of my Easter eggs yet. I haven't even opened them. I've eaten the Easter bunny, the lint bunny, and I've eaten some of the cream eggs that were left over, but my Waitrose owl... I mean, really, Waitrose are ticking a lot of boxes for me because it's chocolate, it's Waitrose, and it's woodland creatures. So I had a little owl, and then uh, our parents got me a discounted other Easter egg that they got cheap in a sale. Um, I've eaten most of my green and black's dark chocolate Easter egg, and I've eaten all of the chocolate bunnies I got from work. They were nice. The problem is, is if you accidentally leave two chocolate bunnies together alone, you end up with loads of chocolate bunnies you have to eat. 
bunnies joke. <laughs> what I did in the run-up to Easter Sunday lunch, Jessica. What did you do in the run-up? I went to see Sweeney Todd at the E&O, starring Emma Thompson. It was Yay! amazing! Kermit Flail. If you want to recreate this for yourself, it's to transfer from a New York performance that they broadcast on PBS, which is all on YouTube. So I could have saved myself £10, but I didn't want to. I wanted to see this performance, and it was marvellous. I love Sweeney Todd, but I've never seen a professional production before. I mean, I was going to say, you can't call the film a professional production. That's not slating the film. That's, I mean, it's not a live theatre version. I have seen the film in cinemas. Anyway. Did you not see it a couple of years ago with um, Imelda Staunton and Michael Ball? No, this is what I was about to say, but I totally failed to. And it got to the point, I do this occasionally, I get to the page, and I'm like, I could book these tickets right now. Okay, and just walk away. Like, I didn't see Titus Andronicus at the Globe last year, one idiot. But I did manage to get these two tickets, and I thought that we were going to be even further away than we were, but the ENO, the Coliseum, is not as tall a theatre as I remembered, because I was making loads okay. of jokes to my friend Freya, who, whom I went with, with whom I went, saying, oh, I hope you've got your hiking boots, and you've got some tissues for the inevitable altitude-related nosebleeds we're going to have. But that didn't happen. And it's really good, and they come on, and they it's presented and advertised as being semi-staged but they come on with all of their um, scores and they've got music stands and everybody's in evening dress and they get about a couple of lines into the opening number and they start knocking over their music stands and throwing their scores on the floor and like ripping off the sleeves of their dresses and tearing off their jackets and stuff and then pulling loads of banners down so it is pretty staged so although they mime a lot of the props so she says, do you want a pie, sir? And just sort of offers an empty hand. That's why they're the worst pies in London. They're imaginary. <laughs> they're like the food in Hook. Eventually, they will just turn into brightly coloured Play-Doh. Yeah, what was that about? Slash smash. <laughs> Rufio. <laughs> yeah, then Rufio appears. And they, they, like, they pick up the grand piano and stuff. It's really good. It was incredible. And I loved it. Is there much blood? Slash any blood? There's a tiny bit. When they do definitely the first murder, there's obviously something in the in the razor makes some blood appear, but it's not like I mean the film is tremendous because there's just so much blood. I think it's hilarious. I, I believe that the phrase you're searching for is arterial spray. Yes, and the the one they did previously, there was so much blood that they needed a blood room, so that anyone who came off stage had to get changed in there because it would just it was going everywhere. So it was like a sort of decontamination zone. That's incredible. So if you had had anything to do with blood, you would have to go into the room and get rid of all the blood and then you could exit again. So would have all of the wardrobe people been in like white coveralls and hosing people down? Probably. I think so. I know someone who worked in it and um, she just said you, you were just all, it was just all over you. And the problem with stage blood is it's really sticky because it's mostly sugar. I once used some fake stage blood. No, it wasn't stage blood. It was like toy dress up blood yeah because my friend was making a film of a scene from Macbeth and I was about 15 and I was being Macbeth and obviously I thought be hilarious I'll, I'll definitely need some fake blood so and this wasn't even for the out damn spot uh, the killing hadn't even begun but we just kind of turned up from the wars and I was going oh no Banquo we got to go and talk to the witches now and I had this line of re- that's genuine I don't know if anyone could actually understand me because that was so it was in actual Gaelic um I had this line of red blood across my cheek, like I'd been caught with a sword because maybe rather than killing somebody in war, I'd gone down some exhibition fencing. 
but but in the most artful manner possible. And wiped the blood off, and I had like a Gorbachev-style red wine stain. <laughs> and that <laughs> stuff does not clean out well. Oh yeah, it stains your skin, doesn't it? Yes, and I know this because I also, many years later, had forgotten this. Went to a party with the theme was rhyming as a campfire vampire. So I was in my guide uniform with my neckerchief, my guide t-shirt, badges, saluting, all sorts. Full vampire makeup, fake teeth. I am definitely stealing this idea at some point. It was brilliant. It was one of the best costumes I've ever done. Line of blood dribbling down the mouth. Two big blobs with some uh, liquid latex stuff around it. Puncture wounds. Puncture marks. Dribbling down the neck. Proceeded to get into a state, which meant that I did not take my makeup off before I went to bed. That was a horrible situation to wake up to. I don't know, because there was, of course, there is that moment where you have just for a split second forgotten that you have done this the (laughs) night before and you think, ah, ah, I've died. I am dead. That was fine. I sat and watched the right stuff and ate some pate. That sounds worse than the original situation. I washed most of the makeup off eventually. Two in the afternoon. Red stains. Not good. Concealer. So in short, Sweeney Todd was brilliant. I love Emma Thompson. I mean, obviously I love Emma Thompson, but she was so funny and... She wrote you that lovely note. She wrote me that lovely note that time I asked her to come back to school to do a speech at Treasure's Possession. She had an interpretation of the role that is completely the opposite of how I, Rosie, would perform it. (laughs) But it was still very good. She was much more funny, whereas I really like the Helena Bonham Carter sort of bonkers version. That didn't really translate to audio, but if you sort no, of I, pop one of I your eyes... I the sort of half-closed eye you just did over Skype. I think I spent most of the year 2008-2009 doing stupid impressions of Mrs. Oh, no. So those are the two main things that I have done. Oh, and I played my friend Felix at Scrabble and sort of accidentally hustled him because I truly believed I was terrible at Scrabble and then played a blinder of a move where by putting down one tile I scored 50 points and accidentally beat him. So if only I'd played for money. You could have won all the pennies. Mm. Have you done anything with your life, Jessica? Well, I've been apart from the fantastic day out we had yesterday. Um, I have... Great trailing. I don't want to let anyone forget. I've done some socialising after work. You know, go for a little, little dance, little boogie, little drink, go home. Painted as a vampire or...? I not dressed as a vampire, no. Um, one just dressed in work clothes. Uh, one dressed in a posh frock because it was a, a slightly glitzier party. Mm. Oh, I I purchased a frock because it was my dear friend Tara's birthday, twenty five. Happy belated birthday, Tara! And I thought I hate all of my clothes. I'll go and buy a dress. And then I got a text from her saying, "Are you on your way?" And I had to say, "I am on a bus to my house to start getting ready because I've just bought a dress." But I looked tremendous, so it was fine. Good for you. I had to do the full contour. I didn't contour my face. I've thought about it many times. And who's to say, maybe tried. But I didn't obviously do that. Because apparently it looks great on photography, but people in real life who've been contoured look weird. Because it's based on shadows, but obviously you can't control where the light source is. So what if you suddenly go somebody with like a light up floor? You'd look all weird. I mean, you look weird anyway if there was a light-up floor. Frankly, who was doing that? We're not John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. And look how that panned out. Yes, I bought a new frock um, to, to go to this party because we weren't given very much notice and it was a formal event. So we all went into blind panic mode. 
What what are you wearing? Can can you wear this? Does this sound about right? Is this acceptable? Do we think this is long enough? What are we doing? So that was the debate for the last few days. Um, and I found a really nice one in Marks and Spencers of all places. Obviously, other Mumsy High Street retailers are available. But yeah, it was a hit. My dress is a summer version of a dress I already own. I wanted to buy a sort of floral spring dress and, of course, accidentally bought a black dress with a white Peter Pan collar. I did also buy some, oh, incredible mint green, pastel mint green denim short shorts. These sound tremendous. I nearly bought a pink pastel jumper to go with the shorts and I was going to do like an amazing pastel evening outfit, but the jumper was slightly too long and I thought also I might look like I was crazy. But those (laughs) shorts are brilliant and I will get pastel on pastel to wear. High-waisted or nay? No, not high-waisted which I prefer because I'm really into high-waisted denim at the moment. Since at the end of last year, I made the transition from the H&M super low waist. What was I thinking? Super squin. Super squin. That's not a word to start. Squin. It doesn't even have a U in it. As skin. Super skin. Maybe it's skin, Jessica. Oh my God. And it's like super skinny, but they've been weird and put... Oh, wow. Yes. This is like an Illuminati That's conspiracy. That's revolutionized everything. My whole life has changed. And it makes sense because they're skinny jeans. The skinny jeans. But still, why would you put a Q in it? Just put a K in it. So then I transferred from those to H&M's finest, cheapest, high-waisted, super skinny jeans. And my life has been the best because at no point do I think, are my pants on show? That's a bonus. Nobody wants to have their pants on show, in short. No. Or in trousers. So expect to see those shorts sometime soon. Shortly. Tremendous work. Bravo. Jessica, what's your song this week? Um, my song this week is uh, Favourite by Liz Fair. It's a song that uses pants as a metaphor for a relationship, but ultimately is a song about pants. What a brilliant segue, because we were just talking about pants. Yes, we were. And it was sort of a segue into our next topic. But first, let me give you some facts. Elizabeth Clark Liz Fair was born in uh, April 17th, 1967. Uh, and uh, she's an American singer, songwriter and guitarist. Her genres are alternative rock, indie rock, lo-fi, whatever that is, and pop rock. Lo-fi is just when people can't be bothered to get a producer in and their audio quality is poor. And uh, favourite is taken from self-titled album Liz Fair from 2003. There we go. That's this week's facts. So instead of top fives this week, we are going to be talking to you about the literal day of fun we had yesterday, about four hours at most, where we... As requested by our transatlantic uh, equivalents, librarian, super women, newsletter compilers, two bossy dames, Margaret and Sophie. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Sophie. Hi. Who are the best. Ha. We um, wanted to ingratiate ourselves to them, so went to a exhibition they suggested that Keep going. This is, this English is people such of ourselves would like to go to in their newsletter called Fashion on the Ration at the Imperial War Museum. There were many subclauses in that sentence, but my God, it reached an end eventually. <laughs> but we have now reached a full stop. This exhibition, Fashion on the Ration, is all about clothing. It is exactly what it says on the tin. Exactly. Fashion during World War Two. started off with looking at uniforms and service wear and then moved into a lot of what women were wearing around the house. And... Then utility wear, wedding dresses, 
we got to play with some fabrics. Make Jane Mend interviews with people of the time. And here is some audio we recorded inside the exhibition. Here we are in the exhibit itself. Yep. Jessica, what have you seen so far that you've liked? Um, well, we both liked the, uh, the map silk dressing gown. That yes. was pretty cool. I think that's even better than the map silk underwear set. Yes. For um, starters, probably displayed. Yeah, it was a bit tricky to actually see the uh, the underwear set because it was folded into a box, so it wasn't a, wasn't that clear. We've just seen a fairly disgusting twin set. It is vile, truly vile. It's got puff sleeves. Yeah, a bit. The question is, can you ever have a redeemable twi- twin set, or is the idea itself just an abhorrent? Fair point. So we are currently looking at the utility fashions, and we've moved through service wear. Uh, and, and uniforms and make do and mend which is good lovely lot of fair isle knitting because yes. you have to use up your knitting scraps there was a lovely fair isle berry very smart as I said much like the characters on our zoo that was a riot of knitwear and um, some wedding dresses uh, yes actually one of the wedding dresses was really nice the one with the buttons down the back did you see the one that was made and then worn uh, made for a woman worn by her sister worn by her friend and then just as a little note in the end said it was also borrowed by 12 other women <laughs> that's good excellent we found some well they're called siren suits which you would put on you think siren suit is sort of quite an attractive word and the pictures make it look like the illustrations make it look like some kind of, kind of a smart, smart jumpsuit. jumpsuit. Like you can maybe wear it as evening wear. What it actually is, is it's basically a World War II onesie. They're fleecy, they've got a zip up the front, and you stick them on over what you're wearing, so when you go, when the siren goes off and you go into your bomb shelter, you don't freeze to death. And the most terrifying thing was that there was audio explaining of how fond Winston Churchill was of his fleecy That's siren suit. That's not a mental image anyone wants. Oh, lovely Winston Churchill in a siren suit with a big bow on the front. Like a giant baby. <laughs> it would look like a really big baby. Smoking a cigar. With a cigar. <laughs> Excellent. Well, should we go and look at these and read a bit more about how men's sock heights were limited, Jessica? Yes, I think we shall. All right, That is the sound of us and a woman who sat dangerously close to us while we were recording. Just for the duration of us recording. Oh no, we found out how long their socks are meant to be. There was outrage because men's socks were made to be shorter. Jessica, what did you think of the exhibition overall? I very much enjoyed the exhibition. It was very interesting. It's an era I, uh, I'm i interested in anyway. Yes. Um, and obviously interested in clothes. And uh, I love a bit of make, do and mend. Absolutely. It's, it's just such a great idea in general life, whether there's a war on or not. I found it very interesting. Not everything was particularly surprising. I don't think I learnt a whole lot that was very new to me. Yeah, I did. I did know quite a lot of it already but it was still good to look at the artefact in person. As you'll have heard from that previous bit of audio, we did learn all about siren suits and how that they were actually a proto-onesie, if you will. I feel like I'd heard of them before, but hadn't really appreciated the fact that they were just onesies. Uh, I found the bit about the utility clothing that was sort of government-issued. It was kind of the clothing equivalent of NHS specs, en masse, so it could be cheap and fulfilled a lot of the government's rationing requirements. Like, you weren't allowed turn-ups. Double-breasted suits got phased out for a while because they used up too much fabric. Socks were shortened. Uh, women had a right nightmare with corsets. That was one of the most complained-about items, the corset, because uh, they require elastic, metal, and 
some other thing that was the the three most scarce things in the country. The main item that we were entranced with by Sophie and Margaret in their newsletter was the silk map bra and knicker set because a lot of military maps were printed on silk but then they swiftly became out of date so there was just tons of map print silk hanging around and somebody had the lovely uh, bra and knicker set made from a map. I think it was possibly a, a camisole and cami knickers but yes anyway undies. She had uh, her Solomon Grundies made out of those and they were in the her smalls in the promotional materials materials they were photographed beautifully on a mannequin but actually in the exhibition they were sort of (laughs) stuffed in a box you couldn't really see what they were yeah if if it wasn't for the fact there's a label in front of them saying this is a look like a bunch of old hankies in this box you would just go oh it's a lovely box of scarves or something um, so that was that was a slight shame, um, but behind them was a beautiful dressing gown made of the same uh, map silk, and that was a delight. I have to say, I was slightly disappointed in the offerings at the shop attached to the exhibition, because the postcards weren't really of any of the exhibits, which is often what I like to get, and they had a lot of clothing on sale, well, a small range, but it was all men's, whereas frankly, if they'd been selling knockoff silk, map silk dressing gowns, I'd have bought several. I did not, however, want to go to a exhibition shop at the Imperial War Museum and spend £330 on a man's duffel coat. <laughs> no, that was an interesting choice of um, of merchandise. We've all got parties to go to dressed as Paddington, but that's not the time nor the place. I, yes, I, I couldn't entirely work out the link on that one. Also, some um, some Aaron sweaters. Mm. Not Aaron, just sort of fisherman sweaters, really, weren't they? And there actually wasn't that much men's clothing in the exhibition, and what men's clothing there was wasn't that it's mostly uniform or things that uh sergeant walker would wear sorry private walker would wear off duty some spiv suits appearing out of alleys with a suitcase of stolen stuff and my review of the tea room is that you can't call yourself a tea room if you serve your drinks in paper cups no i i didn't feel the tea room fared all that well lovely room lovely selection of cakes which i didn't have because i brought my own homemade cake but then the beverage a little disappointing and what was really confusing is, as I was ordering the tea, there was somebody else making coffee in proper china cups. And it was really weird. Maybe it was for all those people we saw having the cream teas. Maybe if you shell out for a cake stand, you, then you're allowed ceramics. I realised what it was about the Imperial War Museum in general, that we didn't explore many of the other galleries. Because it's all 20th century. If there'd been stuff like siege engines and some lovely wooden catapults... I'd have been in there if we'd have got some medieval war. Yes, it's weird that it's fun. called the Imperial War Museum when actually a lot of the stuff it covers is after the Empire. I mean, obviously siege engines is before, but you know, some yeah. lovely uh, the chaps you'd get at Meryton, that's Imperial War. Oh, nice bit yes. of red uniforms and plumed hats. That would have been good. I mean, yeah, and it could go back further. It could just be sort of great British wars we have known and loved. Top five wars. Evil in war. Should I do my song? Yes, Rosie, what is your song? Does it tie in in any way with the preceding or proceeding features? It actually does. Oh, my greyhounds. The song this week I've selected is Stuck by Middle Class Fashion. Nice, nice. I was about to say no, nothing related. Just realised a song I heard at the end of This American Life last week, but it's a very jaunty little song called Stuck. A little one-off for me. Jessica, what's your snack? 
Ooh, snack. If it's flapjacks again, I'll be livid. Oh, I love flapjacks. Maybe you should do veggie Percy pigs. Oh yeah, veggie Percy pigs, because they've changed the recipe and they've taken out the beeswax, so now they are also vegan as well as veggie. Mm-hmm. I had three with my packed lunch today. I, well, I say packed lunch. I did my favourite lunch, which is an unpacked packed lunch, but I don't have any bread, so I had to have a salad. But I had my treat, my, my tray. I had a Stilton salad. What I mean is I had some cut-up vegetables and a lump of Stilton. An apple... A little bowl of crisps that I had weighed out because I definitely ate about four portions yesterday and got a salt headache. Three Percy pigs and a nice glass of chilled water. Good for you. I love salt. <laughs> Next week's snack, salt lick. You know that, those blocks you give to horses? One of them. <laughs> no, yes. Needle and fed! <laughs> Needle and fed. I've done loads. Do you want needles? Build a snowman? Don't sing. Do you want miscellaneous nail-based crafts yes love a bit of miscellaneous nail-based craft god this looks really good on skype this is of no use to you to listen but i'm doing some incredible hand gestures on sunday do i mean sunday i do i watched all of hot tub time machine would i have done this were i not to the meantime painting my nails to look like disney princesses i think this says more about how long that took me rather than the fact that i wanted to watch hot time time machine this is entirely inspired by some nail art Jessica did a while back. And we'll put pictures up, obviously. This is useless without it. But I have across my ten fingers... Oh yes, I bring a complete set of hands to this podcast. I have five princesses represented. So for each princess, they are in one nail, is a little face. And then the nail next to it is part of her costume. So for Ariel, we've got some, some lovely purple lilac, like her shell brassiere. Sorry, cami knickers. And then some <laughs> shiny green stuff for her tail. And there's Rapunzel. She's got flowers in her hair. And that's the greatest thing I've ever done. And now I have to go and meet my essay tutor. And I think this is going to add to a tremendous first impression. It can't hurt. I think what you mean to say is things can't get any worse. <laughs> oh, yes. No, that's right. Yes. So that's my miscellaneous nail-based craft. Let's do the fed element. I made loads of cakes. Well done. What kind of cakes? I love cake. On Saturday, I impulse made a chocolate cake because my friends were coming, but mainly because I had four eggs that needed me eating up. So those went in the cake. And for Easter Sunday, I made, obviously, some lovely little Easter nests with mini eggs in. Yes, they looked lovely. I made a Simnel cake, which I've never made before because I thought I didn't like fruitcake, or I've only recently started eating fruitcake, and I definitely thought I hated marzipan. And also, I've never wanted to. Simnel cake, layer of marzipan baked inside the cake. Then once it's finished baking, layer of marzipan on top with 11 marzipan balls representing the 11 faithful disciples. Count out 12. Eat Judas. Eat Judas. That's Easy way to measure. And then you pop it under the grill and then you stick a ribbon on it and it hides the fact that that cake is not the shape of the tin. What has gone on with that? I was very, very pleased with this Simnel cake. It was a lot better than I thought it might be. It was very tasty. It was fruity. It was marzipan-y. The marzipan inside that you bet. My God, that's good. Yes. So I made a similar cake and it was great. It looked really nice. I was very impressed. Thank you very much. So to continue the flapjack theme, I made Snickers flapjacks, which was the same flapjack recipe that I'd used for the cherry bake ones I talked about in the last episode. Just baked those normally in a tin by themselves, no extra layers. Then once they were cool, I put in a layer of peanut butter, crunchy peanut butter, and then I poured in a layer of caramel. I made my own caramel. I decided at half past ten last Monday evening that I would make some caramel. Never done it before. It panned out really well. 
I was really pleasantly surprised. And it's quite easy. Poured that over, let it all set, put some melted chocolate on, cut it up, ate it. I was just tremendous. Excellent. Uh, so that's what I did. And then on the savoury front, uh, last week I made some pizza rolls, which are um, exactly the same principle as a cinnamon roll, but with the ingredients of a pizza. So you make pizza dough. I let my dough prove on the windowsill in the bowl of the KitchenAid with a plastic sandwich bag over it sitting on a metal tea tray, set it on the windowsill in the sunshine and the warmth of the sun made my bread rise. It was amazing. That's impressive. Yeah, so then you roll it out flat, cover it in pizza topping. I did just tomato and onion and then some a little bit of fake cheese just for a bit of flavour. You roll it up and then you cut it into little rounds, pop them in a tin, so I did 12. And then I popped um, a little bit more cheese on and then a basil leaf on each round, popped it in the oven, baked it. It was amazing. And then you can, it's like a sort of tear and share situation, so you pull them all apart and you can take them to work and you pack lunch or you can heat them up. I was really pleased. Lovely. So on the needle with needle and fed, sometimes I think we need to remember this. It is a pun on the words needle and thread, but it was a pun I wrote three years ago and I don't know if I stand by. <laughs> well, we're stuck with it now, so keep going. Imagine if I went back and edited it out of all the previous episodes. I finished, as I predicted I would when I recorded the last episode, we said, uh, oh, I'll probably have this done by Tuesday. On Tuesday, finished Rigby's Teddy Bear Aaron Sweater by Linda Mary. It's really good. I've seen it. And thank you. Uh, I have already spilt tea on it twice. <laughs> that's right literally all of the soft furnishings in my house have tea on them because rigby and i like to have a cup of tea and watch my daily episode of scrap peep challenge but we want to have it in bed and then i pour try and pour tea and it's just an absolute bloody nightmare so both my aaron sweater and rigby's aaron sweater need to go on a wall wash together uh, i then immediately cast on the humphreys corner toy that i've bought as a kit at the knitting and stitching show back in 2013 this is a hunter crafts toy by Sue Stratford. And yes, Humphrey's Corner is a range of what started as greetings cards, but it's kind of expanded. It's a lovely design range into picture books and toys that I've been very fond of since I was about 10. So for about 15 years, uh, I have a cuddly toy from Boots the Chemist of all places, an actual fabric toy that I've had, again, about 15 years. And um, we've got a lot of the picture books and I have definitely sent a lot of the cards I'm a really big fan. I love Humphrey's Corner. It's the cutest. He's a little elephant in dungarees. He's got a big sister called Lottie and a little brother called Jack. They're the cutest. So I'm knitting one of these toys. I have nearly finished all of the woolen parts. My toy stuffing arrived on Saturday. So hopefully over the next few days, he might actually come together to make a 3D little elephant person. And I'm very excited Yay. by that. And on That's the back cool. of this, I was doing some research into some toys because I really am enjoying knitting it and I like knitting things. I was going to say, I like knitting things that I will use. Obviously, I don't sit and play with toys all the time. I would really like to knit more. So I've done some research. So may I discuss some patterns with you, Jessica? Yes, Rosie, you may. Well, firstly, I discovered Alan Dart, who provides a lot of patterns to Simply Knitting, I believe. And he does some lovely things uh, on his website, alandart.co.uk. Oh, all sorts. Dickensian and mice. Mice dressed up to do the pantomime of Cinderella. Something called the hot cross bunny, which is a bunny in a chef's outfit carrying a big hot cross bun. Could you in some way make it so that the bunny was carrying a plate that you could put a hot cross bun on? I don't so see why not. serve hot cross buns. Yes. Yes, a hibernating hedgehog, which is a little hedgehog with a very sleepy expression in a dressing gown. Adorable. So I will definitely be getting some Alan Dart patterns to knit. Oh, 
there's a whole set of medieval mice. It's tremendous. It's great. And also, I then found on Ravelry and sent a link to you the Handmade Awards, which are patterns designed by Loli Fuertes. And there again, a lovely selection of toys and little gifty things. The one I sent to Jessica was Amelia Earhart, or as we thought she should be called, Amelia Bearheart, because it's a Mrs. Teddy. How could Teddy. anyone have missed that? I believe that they are Spanish in origin, the, the company. Okay. It's a little family company. Right, the pun isn't immediately obvious. Right, that's fine. It's a fairly standard knitted teddy bear, dressed as Amelia Earhart. But she, all of these, t- the, the designs that uh, Loli Fuertes has, they aren't just a bear in a costume. They've got, she's got little underwear, she's got a vest, she's got all the accessories, she's got a little knitted version of her plane. They also do tea cosies. And they're really cute tea cosies with a sort of character on top, so it looks like the teapot is the skirt, and there's an Alice in Wonderland one. But it's Alice in Wonderland, and she's carrying a teapot. There's a Mary Poppins one. She's got her hat. She's got her carpet bag. They are beautifully intricate. I look forward to knitting them. Everybody, get your teapots ready, because I'm going to knit you weird character tea cosies. Super excited. How's your tea cosy going? Oh. Okay, great. End of feature. I've done four more rows. I reckon it should be finished by about 2017. I might have a cup of tea in the meantime, if that's okay. I'm going to do some uh, quilting today, I think, because very excitingly, I have the day off work. Ooh. I know, and I've got to, I'm the one with the time pressure. It's ridiculous. This is not how it usually goes. What have what we seen, seen this week? week? What, what have we seen, seen this week? week? Hi. For those of you who follow me personally on Twitter, you might know that I have been obsessively watching Over the Garden Wall, which is a cartoon miniseries on the Cartoon Network, which is 10 episodes, and it is really good. I was trying to explain it to Jessica. It's one of those things where I finished watching the final episode and I just sort of had to think about it for a while. Like I, I just couldn't think about anything else. So I needed to go and read some articles around it, look up to see if anyone had made any stuff related to it on Etsy. And this cartoon is now just, it's in my head. It lives there. I can't stop thinking about it. It's just kind of lurking. It's very funny, but it's also pretty spooky. It's about two boys lost in a wood trying to get home and having strange adventures, meeting weird things like skeletons wearing pumpkin suits and birds who need to have their wings clipped off so they can become human again but their original songs a couple of the episodes are up on youtube i think the first two episodes are and that's over the garden wall with voices by elijah wood and melanie linsky i love melanie linsky that's a real thing that one can actually see i've also got uh, two funny things on the internet jessica do you have anything for this I'm about to watch uh, the first episode of Daredevil on Netflix, so I'll let you know how that pans Yes! Out. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't quite managed to get the theme tune to Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt out of my head, but that's, you know, that's fine. Oh, no, I have, but that's because i just sing Pinot Noir all the time. I've spent the whole time of recording this trying not to sing Unbreakable at you. Uh, yesterday you mentioned that you watched The Babysitter's Club on Netflix, and the link I sent you earlier is to a Nostalgia Chick video doing a review of The Babysitter's Club movie. Brilliant which is quite funny. So the two things I also wanted to recommend, one was a really funny article on The Toast about reading what The Rock eats. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson shared his diet and he eats about six meals a day, all of which contain at least eight ounces of cod. That's where all the cod's gone. Yeah, that's why it's overfishing. It's just for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, But yes, this is up on The Toast. It's my real-time response to learning what The Rock eats every day. And another brilliant, brilliant Tumblr, which I think, Jessica, you will enjoy, is called McCallsPatternBehaviour.tumblr.com. And it's very silly commentary for the weird pictures you get on the front of sewing patterns. A lot of them are kind of vintage (laughs) ones. I also enjoyed an article you tweeted the other day, which I think was also from The Toast, um, about all the New England novels. Yes. 
ever written, which are, are very funny. It's just a list of fake titles of books, fake titles of novels set in New England. I've read at least eight of those. His mother sat in that chair and look what happened to her. Well, this has been brilliant because it's proved that we can record an episode in 46 minutes. So I will say goodbye. Goodbye, dear listener. Goodbye, dear Jessica. Goodbye. We will see you in two weeks. Enjoy all the reading we recommended. This is now a musical podcast. Bye. Unbreakable. Stay alive, damn it. It's It's a a miracle. To find out more and to read show notes for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at hello at rosieandjessica.co.uk. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Day of Fun Show. Don't forget you can find all of our archives and leave reviews and ratings on iTunes. See you soon.